I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me as I talk with today's most important influencers, guides, and changemakers to uncover what truly drives them and extract the big takeaway from their personal journey and their greatest wisdom. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is Self-Helpful. This is our peak wellness episode where we seek to strengthen our bodies, our foundations, and build our lives on top of them. And today we tackle cancer. The fight against cancer began around 1970, the year I was born. Culturally, we've treated cancer like this insidious evil that is hunting us as a predator and we are its prey. It gets you or it doesn't catch you or you don't catch it. Yet the science just doesn't back it up. Do genetics contribute? They say five to 10% possibly. The main issue is what we are doing to ourselves that is the causation and the reason for the continued growth. Now, I realize that even the hint at us having any responsibility regarding cancer is a highly volatile premise. I've had family members with cancer who died from cancer as well. I'm sensitive to it. And I can't guarantee that I won't get cancer regardless. This is not just an opinion. Our very own National Center for Biotechnology Information, the NCBI, as a division of the National Library of Medicine at the National Institutes of Health published, cancer is a preventable disease that requires major lifestyle changes. You can go look up that document. It cites the highest percentage of causation is diet and specifically inflammation. We have more and more doctors and experts coming forth with this message. It's not popular to the masses, but for those of us who want and accept control over our health, this is glorious news. As we've been talking about these big ticket diseases, we Parkinson's and uh, diabetes and you know hypertension, all these things on the rise. Cancer is just always there. It's always been there. And you have said on multiple shows now, we always all have cancer. Yes? Explain. That's, that's the theme. Explain that. <laughs> yeah, that's a big topic. <clears throat> and, and cancer figures so prominently in everybody's minds. At, you know, it's the big C. And I have sat with people who have just, gotten the diagnosis. I've given people the diagnosis and you say the, the C word and it's a line like you and I don't know what it feels like to be told you have cancer and it feels like a death knell. Well, I was going to ask about that though. So here I am. So I'm, I'm, I have known people with cancer. I mean, we've had patients yeah. who, who, who passed away. Um, but then you also know a slew of people that I oh, got cancer and they, it was minimal. 
right? It, it, uh, it also feels like as time goes on, there's more and more cancer and you just, somebody had it and they talk about it. And you, even if it's, you know, breast cancer is still pretty significant, but so many people that you know that have, uh, my mother-in-law, she had breast cancer and radical mastectomies and here she is fine today. In contrast to Alzheimer's, like we said, you know, like right. Dr. Bredesen said, there's right. everybody knows somebody who had cancer and, and got through. Nobody knows somebody who got through the other side of Alzheimer's. Well, and I think it was, and we talked the same thing about Parkinson's. Parkinson's. You don't know somebody who got, yeah, it's Parkinson's for a while, got over it, and right. it just doesn't happen. So so cancer. So, so cancer it, is it, a spectrum, like you, the spectrum of cancer. Would that be it? Or, yeah, right. we are all on the spectrum all the time of everything, and cancer included. So what I mean by we all have cancer all the time is the fact that in, in a, it, the point of today's show is it's not going to be about cancer, like here's the supplement for cancer or here's you know a secret or something like that, but it is about mindset and awareness of what is really going on with disease in general. And cancer is one of these of uh, the most feared most revered almost like there's uh, it's the the famous book the emperor of all maladies was a pulitzer prize winning book i really like the guy that wrote it but it was a a story about you know going way back to the ancient egyptians who had words for it and that's how we got the word cancer mm-hmm. is you know the, uh, the zodiac and the uh, tropic oh Can- right yeah, right yeah so and um and and it and it has the sign of a of a crab. So, in German, it is, it's the same word as for for a crab. And and it it I've forgotten the history of the word cancer, but um, it we all have cancer all the time because cancer and the book I just recommended to you most recently, the Cancer Code, uh, talks about the reality that this has been with us from the beginning. So let's not get into a debate about, you know, what is what does the beginning mean and all of that. But ju- let's just say over the course of recorded human history for five, six thousand years, this has been there. It's been there. But like everything else, it is now greatly increased. The propensity. Yeah. Uh, the, yes. The cases per. Yeah, th- that's right. And yeah. most people have said, well, it's because we're living longer. The And age is by far the, the most significant contributor to your risk. Right. And then we can also, and I didn't grab the stats like I did last time, but we also are getting cancer at a younger and younger and younger age. So the, the living longer is not a great debate to me. Uh, well, okay. It, it could be <laughs> there that there, it depends. There's a, so many factors in living longer. Socioeconomic status is, is such a big one in America. Um, all of the other factors that we talk about all the time, you know, the childhood events. Do you live in a, in a place of safety or are you always fearing for your, for your well-being and the next yeah. meal and those kind of things are. And, and we can bring that in because when those things are happening, they are lowering the threshold of of getting cancer. Now let's go back to, you always have cancer all the time. So it's lowering, your body sees it and stops it and sees it and stops it until it doesn't. We'll we'll do this. This is going to be super elementary, but I am super elementary. I'm not, (laughs) I mean, cancer. I mean, if if somebody asked me to say, Kevin, what is cancer? It's Mm. uh, something about cells (laughs) doing something or other. I don't know. And it feels like, oh, I got cancer. Just like somebody woke up and caught it. Like coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So I was with a bunch of people and I got coronavirus. Let's just say you always have a virus all the time. I, right, right. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. But but I got that strand or whatever. Right, right. So I got cancer like it seeped in when I was on the subway or something like yeah. that. And it, yeah. it's you can't think that way. Okay. So you you do have cancer and you're, it, it, it is, we could even call it normal. It is a normal part of, of, of existence just like it is normal. If you're going to drive a car, you have to change the oil. You have to change a part out every now and then. That you're, you, you see the problem, you stop it, you adjust for it, and then you go on. The body is doing this in such a mysterious and, and near miraculous. It's a marvelous way of the body, how it is continually replenishing the parts that it needs to, to, to do what it does. And so you told me this is cells doing what? Cancer is cells... Actually, cancer is a cell that forgets to die. Okay, that right. It it it. You would think that it's the fountain of youth. It is. These cells just don't die. 
But, and this goes, get, this gets also very theoretical. Think how terrible it would be to never die. I personally think that would be terrible. It would be terrible. Like there's, there's gotta be something more. There's, there's gotta be the next thing. There's got, at least that's how I think. And, and so it would be a curse and that's kind of what cancer is. It's a rogue cell line that, that there's been a mutation, there's been a carcinogen, there's been something as your skin cell becomes the next skin cell becomes the next skin cell. I was just going to say, again, I'm total, I'm thinking elementary layman's terms, something like that. But if my skin, if right here, the skin on my cheek did not die, slough off, fade away, whatever it does and regenerate to new skin. And he said, yeah, I've got skin that never is going to die. I'm going to look like leather in, in a week or well, it would be worse terrible. than that. Okay. That, that, that. that cell like line from the crypt. doesn't die becomes the basal cell, squamous cell, melanoma. Yeah. Right. So it, it doesn't become leather skin. Okay. It becomes, we've talked about those, those swatches. Well, and I, and I, I do, I've you know spent God knows how long on the roads with my face exposed as a professional cyclist out on the road with no sunscreen. I just was that ignorant. And now I have, yeah, compared to you, your skin you, is got, your skin is is consistent, and I've got spots. Spots. And last year I went and had the peak of my head. What, so yeah. so we could use that. So when a normal skin cell becomes dysplastic, dysfunctional plasia, which means growth, dysfunctional growth. It is a. It has become. It's gotten off track. It's like a train that's off track, but the the tracks don't end. So it just keeps going. Now, it sends out signals of alarm and distress. So the cells around it start to say, oh, my gosh, let's, let's kill that guy. And it, it happens until it doesn't. And over time, like your sunburns on your face when you were 18, you know, every day are, are actually the, the skin cancer of us at 50 is most likely that began with a sunburn at four or five. Okay. Because I want to, you know, we talked about. Uh, uh, Parkinson's and we've been talking about genetics. We did a show on, well, hang on. I have to get to one more point okay, okay. to down the, the see it, stop it, see it, stop it. That there's within our DNA are, is the gas and the break, the gas right. of growth and the break of don't grow. Okay. Okay. So we have, and back in the eighties when I was first started, you know, science and learning and my dad was a doctor and, and back then there was big strands of the DNA called junk DNA. Now we know within that junk are these, not just within the junk DNA, but now there, there is no junk DNA, right? Everything means something as it, as it's getting folded together. But some of that is within the cell line is step on the gas or let off the brake. And, and so we don't drive our cars that way, but if you're a race car driver, you always have your foot on the gas and on the brake. It's this exacting science of maintain a grip to the road and, and turn the corner and go. And that's the cell is doing that. It has to maintain a grip on being a skin cell, but you just lambasted it with eight hours of sunshine and that loosened up the grip a little bit. So if it doesn't slow down, it's going to spin off into the side and, and that spin off becomes a cell line that we would call a mole, a freckle, yeah. a rash, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is. And so that the gas and the brake, gas and the brake, gas and the brake is going on right now, a, a trillion times a second in your body right now. See it, stop it, see it, stop it, see it, stop it. And we, we just take it for granted. I, and you think that a bowl of Cheerios is going to support that? And that's, and now you just jumped off <laughs> into the volatile waters of saying, oh, really? I have something to do with my body's ability to do what it's supposed to naturally do or, or not and fall into cancer. I gave myself or I can't give myself cancer. Okay. Of, yeah. Okay. I'm going to jump somewhere else and then come right back there because, uh, on the aspect of genetics, just cause you were talking about skin cancer. So when I have the, you know, the form that you fill out for insurance or whatever, have you had cancer in your family's history, you know, parents or grandparents or whatever I have to put down. Yeah. My grandfather, uh, had uh, really bad skin cancer. He was a farmer his whole life out in the sun and he destroyed his face. They had to take away half his nose ultimately and whatever. He, he didn't die of cancer, but it was a big deal. Well, so does that 
impact me or is it just the fact that I just happened to be out in the sun? Because my dad in the middle who spent his life not outside did not have skin cancer. I do. My siblings don't. My brother doesn't. Whatever, you know, I do. So so there's an environmental factor, if we could say that, that we exposed ourselves to. Kind of like... Parkinson's, where you yeah. informed us that that is one, contrary to a lot of the others, that does have a big environmental factor as far as exposure to toxins and whatnot. So genetics, because that's really where, I mean, we're talking about genetics, you know, is, is it just going to happen to me? I'm going to get it. I can't do anything about it. And what amount of control do I have in my lifestyle to better ward off a propensity yeah. possibility? Of so. Cancer? We have to go, yeah, that we just jumped off the big cliff into what causes cancer? What is it genetics? And, and here, so cancer is special. Is it genetics? Or say it this way, is genetics related? Absolutely. Okay. Is environment related? Absolutely. Is cancer an infection? Yeah. Is cancer a non-healing wound? Yes. Is okay. cancer related to... All the above, yes. Is it related to what about a viral infection versus a bacterial infection versus... And so let's go back to our original statement. It has been with us since the beginning. So within the construct, within the design of the cell is a self-destruct mechanism. It must be so. Because because cells can go wrong. I mean, so, so within the design of the car, we don't have a good analogy of, you know, self-destruct. Do I have a mechanism to stop the car and get out of it? Uh, yeah. I, once you shut the door, that doesn't mean you're locked in forever. Here we go. It means, and, and so a cell, it, it's very important within, and so a, a, a piece of our DNA is built as we've got to be able to see when the cell gets off track and stop it, self-destruct which is apoptosis or apoptosis is, and we talk about, you know, when we fast and autophagy, cleaning up dead cells or senescence, senility is a whole lot of senescent cells are around. And over the course of time, when you're about a hundred years old or so, you just can't sustain it anymore and you die Mm -hmm. or at some point along the way. So within the cell line is the, is the ability for the cell to say, oh, alarm, alarm, alarm. Now what alarmed it? Well, too much sunshine, that's environment. Aaron Brockovich and I drank water that was flammable from, from something over there. And, and yep, uh, that, that, that triggered a, a cell to go a little awry and it kept going, it kept going, it kept going and until it can't, it's overwhelmed. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. 
Air Doctor. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Well, You can have an overwhelming amount of a genetic history like every single parent and aunt and uncle I had had skin cancer. Like that's that's an overwhelming, you know, or an albino person, right? Like that's just an overwhelming amount of genetic weight on the situation. It's probably going to give me a higher propensity. Higher propensity. Okay. Or you could have been born and bred on Love Canal, which I don't know if people remember that or Three Mile Island, right? Okay. Uh, right like Three Mile or Chernobyl. Like yeah. let's say you yeah. were born and bred around Chernobyl. You played <laughs> in, the, in the grassy fields around Chernobyl. That's an overwhelming environmental thing that's going to have an impact on you. Now, interestingly, post Hiroshima and all that, we noticed that there was not as much of a fallout generationally as we expected. Okay. So that's, that's still kind of a mystery. Um, smoking. The classic example, every day, every day, every day, every day. It wasn't nicotine. What was it? There's a thousand identified subchemicals within this thing that just signaled the body. We're not quite right. We're not quite right. We're not quite right. Prior to that, lung cancer was one of the rarities. And then in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, it was the number one cancer killer. And now 50 years later, it's finally turning down and it will go back down. But what are we now? What is the smoking. Okay. I lost track here. I'm going to come back to that. It's one of the important things. What's the new smoking of today, but I want to go back to the overwhelming environmental thing or a genetic thing, or you can lower your threshold that cells ability to break and gas and break and gas to see it, stop it, see it, stop it. Oh, how do you do that? Not enough sleep, too much stress, fear, anxiety all the time. And hopefully that is a thread that we all have the ability it's like Zig Ziglar. He said, hey, is everybody out there? You know, raise your hand. Do you think you can make your day worse today? And of course, everybody said, yeah. You know, can you do something, make a bad decision, whatever, make it? Good said, at yeah. that. <laughs> well, by proxy, don't you then think you can make your day better? Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Because we don't tend to go there. Well, so in the same sense that we all have the propensity, as you said, today, can I do something today, tomorrow, the rest of my life to lower my threshold? You know, you can go back to the supersize me thing. Eat at McDonald's yeah. every single meal, no nutrients, whatever. And you are opening the door, lowering your thresholds. So we all yeah. have that control. So by proxy, there's, there's no disease we can talk about that we can't say that we don't have some control over. But with cancer... And I didn't do my homework on this to go research it, but I know if you look at disease, uh, uh, diabetes, that's where I'm getting ready to go. Heart What's attacks. the new smoking? Well, hold on. But if you look at those, even on the you know CDC, uh, which is the uh, what is that Center for yeah. Disease, disease Control, the government agent, uh-huh. they'll say as a primary causation is lifestyle on those. I don't know that they have that with cancer so much, and we as a culture don't seem to have. The CDC will, but I agree. We as a culture don't. Right. Because cancer is something that gets you. So you asked me about the new cancer. Of course, my by proxy. No, the new smoking. New smoking is sitting. I thought you were going to say that. It doesn't really. Sitting is the new smoking. That's the new thing about as far as bad health. But Nessa, what what is it? It's over. Let's we're going to go big picture here. It's it's not overeating. It's being overnutritioned all the time. But you keep saying that, and, and, and I'm because surprised it's you said not over, over carb only, but over nutrition. I would say because my perspective has been lately, you know, we are overfed and undernourished because we're overfed of food that lacks nutrition. But maybe it doesn't matter. Even if it it has doesn't matter. It That's doesn't, right. That's, if he eats enough carrots, it's still too much. Yes. Okay. 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 Broccoli, water. You can eat too much of that okay. stuff. Now our culture tends to be clearly, and there's no debate, we're over carbed. 
Yeah. And over sugared, well, and just over everything. And we're, if it but comes that's to my food, point. We put so much in our mouth, and that is not an opinion. Go look at the stats. Our obesity. Wait. I mean, it's not. It, we're not we're, catching obesity. We are. <laughs> Zig Ziglar again. I'm going to pull him up because he said because he talked about his weight. He had a big weight gain at one point. He says. I, he said, I did it by choices. I've never accidentally put anything in my mouth. That's why I eat it. Okay. Okay. That's and, very true. And, and with, and that's with grace to those very, very, was, very, very few who have some hormonal thing or something wrong with well, it. Even do. just the normal, the normal American is now normally overweight. Yeah. And, and even though you say you can't catch it, there is this in medicine, it's called kind of the fourth dimension, the there is so this, the studies show if you hang out with people that are overweight, you are very likely to become overweight. If you grow up in a family that's overweight, you are very likely to become overweight. Right. So what's your point? My point is that you, you're right. You I mean, because that's not acts, a, that's, it, that's it's, it's the bothness of a child has very little decision making power of what they're eating at two, three, four, five. Well, yeah, because you're just saying it's not a it's not a catching it thing again. It's the influence. Influence. It's, yeah, this is, so that's Jim Rohn, the famous Jim Rohn. You become the sum of the five people you hang around okay. yeah. most. You're, you're very Which unlikely. Which is why I have hung around you so much over the past years <laughs> that I think I am a doctor. <laughs> I'm going to claim that. Okay, claim that. okay thanks. I think you've earned it. Great. <laughs> um, so it's, 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 it, I don't want people to hear it's, it's obesity or it's overweightness that causes cancer. But I do want people to hear that it is... But yes, that and the lack of emptiness that is a cause. Wait, the, the lack of it, the, the lack of the lack of emptiness. Is that what you're saying? No, the lack of being empty over time. Call it fasting, oh, right, call right, it not right, eating, right. call it whatever else. Now, for the person who's you know morbidly obese, it's like, let's just lose some fat. But to the person who is quote unquote normal, whatever that is, Let's look at them and say, well, because people all the time will say, gosh, that healthy guy and he got X, Y, Z cancer right. and he was a runner and not overweight and whatever else. It, it isn't about the weight. It is about the lack of the biochemistry that can only be found when you actually don't eat. Right. But the things, that, James. The things that <laughs> add into your obesity are very much the same ingredients that would add into cancer as well. Sure. That, that the, if when you do eat, you are making choices like McDonald's and whatever else, then you just lowered your own threshold that much more. But I'm also looking at me and you and saying, even when I lavish myself in a bowl of broccoli and, and Brussels sprouts and enjoy it, that I'm still lacking the biochemistry that comes from fasting. That yeah. comes from actually being empty. Actually, yeah, I'm 36 hours without food right now. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm a step ahead. I, well, I, well, hang on. So the the biochemistry there yeah. is because people the, the Americans cannot hold this in their head. It isn't about oh I should fast. It's about recognizing somehow that that the goodness that what is going on biochemically when you. Because then people think, but I get hungry, I get hangry, I get, my tummy hurts, I get a headache. I, this clearly cannot be good for my body because I get these symptoms. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that in the past. Just like the outer shape person says, well, my knees hurt and I sweat and I get out of breath. Yeah. Clearly I cannot, but Americans understand, no, 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 no pain, no gain. You got to work through it and all those kind of ideas. But when it comes to the fasting chemistry that's happening, you are, so let's just, let's look at, let's look at. The big picture is growth or not growth. And so metabolically, we're talking about anabolism. People hear about anabolic steroids. Oh, right, right. Okay. And anabolism is growth. Okay. Catabolism. Take away. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> catabolic. That is a okay. catabolic process or an anabolic process. Yeah. So Americans, uh, with our addiction to always eating, let's just say it's great food, right? Not even junk food or whatever else, but we struggle with not being fed. And so we're always in this anabolic state, always getting a growth signal, grow. Remember, at the very beginning, we talked about gas break, gas break, gas break. Well, if you are always on the gas, there's a 
there's a problem here. Yeah. There's not enough of the catabolic side of things. So I want people to picture as Americans, we thrive on bringing home the groceries. Mm -hmm. We don't even have to go get them anymore. They arrive by drone at the doorstep, right? The groceries are coming. We're on automatic refill of our supplements, of our food, of our whatever. But we stink at taking out the trash. Mm -hmm. So if you don't take out the trash, it's not a good situation. And that's exactly what's happening in the cells. So how do you signal the body? Hey, like we would tell our teenagers, stop doing what you're doing right now. And we're going to take the trash out. Clean your room. Take Clean the trash your room. Out. Get, that's right. So something has to happen. Yeah. And the signals. So the growth signals, glucose is a big one. Insulin is a big one. Those are the signals of growth. Right. And so in the body, what do we see? Well, we see adipose tissue. We see fatty liver. We see plaque growing on the inside of the arteries. We see tangles and plaques growing in the brain and we call it Alzheimer's. We see extra things growing on our skin and we call it skin cancer. It's a growth signal. And it has to be fed. It, it has to be. It, it, it will that, be. That is the one that's always, <laughs> even in my ignorance of the clinical aspects of cancer, I felt like. Anything in there has to, and I don't know if you got me on this, but you know, it was years ago of realizing, man, if I feel a little bit of a cold coming on or whatever, what's the best thing I can do? Is it chicken soup? Is it this? Right? It's <laughs> no, no, no. Dope. Seven up and saltines. <laughs> Seven up and saltines. Right? When I was a kid, it's, oh, my throat hurts. Well, how about a milkshake? That'll go down easy and feed me full of sugar. And now it was don't eat. And that was my favorite cure all. It, it wasn't hundred percent, but it was pretty great. I mean, I feel a little something off. Don't eat. Don't eat for, you know, even just don't 24 eat, drink hours. Drink your water, go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of feeding it. that Yeah. So, so the, the take out the trash signals, sleeping is a big oh, one, yeah. right? We talked a lot about sleep and okay. So fasting and the signal of, and I don't want to say the, the biochemical words other than to make me feel like I'm smart, but you know, autophagy and mTORs and AMP kinase, these are the big words in the research these days of how do you stimulate the cleanup signals yeah. The autophagy, so autophagy, the body self-eats. It eats up the old dead cells. Right. Mitophagy, so the mitochondrial cells, energy, right? Like one of, the, one of the most common complaints that people have is, I just don't have any energy. Well, can you imagine, you know, backpacking through the mountains, but you'd never get rid of your trash? You just have to carry your poop all the time. Carry, you know, you just got to slog it around with you. You never get rid of these things. You should be tired. Yeah. You're slogging around all this extra stuff in there, senescent, old, dying, not quite working right cells. Why wouldn't you want to get rid of that? I do. I do. Doctor, tell me how. Don't eat. Go to bed. That book just does, does not, not sell, sell in America. I, yeah, yeah, but here I am, and, and so I am on uh, fifth week of an 84-hour fast, and... It's terrible. I just, <laughs> this one, I, this one, I have, you're I much have, less fun to be around. I've committed to not even committing to doing the whole 84 hours. I'm 36 hours and we'll see how it goes. But, but I'm thinking about that and thinking about this. What am I doing right now to help ward off the possibility of cancer? I am allowing time to take the trash out. And yes. man, that's a big deal to me. And, you know, the consummate question, I think I even threw this at you not long ago on this topic is if you got that cancer diagnosis, right? You walked in, yeah. you know, today you and you got okay. whatever. I don't, I don't, what would be a relic? What would be a, uh, well, a cancer is, that you could theoretically get? Something weird on. So I got, I don't know if I showed you that. I got that spot, lump. Yeah. yeah, that spot on my arm there that, huh, that looks like a, a weird lymph node. So a lymphosarcoma, sarcoma would be a scary one. So you like got one. Like, you're going to get your arm chopped off, right? That, okay. And I, I, I would say, okay. Let's just imagine I, I do my blood work and holy smokes, the white blood cells are off and it's like, that's really weird. What would I do? Uh, I would, now this is a, a debatable kind of a thing, but I, I think there's enough evidence to say there's, I have been over animal protein. Mm. And by the way, protein is a signal for insulin and it will be converted to sugar. So people think, oh, yeah, I'm on a paleo, whatever else. But if you're eating less vegetables and more mastodons and, you know, elephants and whatevers, it will get converted. So 
I would probably go pescatarian or pigo, whatever that Pigo. Hyman does, you know, where I would be really picky on eggs, maybe once a week, uh, eat my small fish a couple times a week and then be mostly vegetables. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. What, which I mean, he's re- referring, if you're listening, it's the pegan diet. Mark Hyman just came out with his new book called maybe that the pegan <laughs> diet or yeah. pe- but if you type in Mark Hyman, H Y M A N pegan, P E G A N, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess I could look it up. Pescatarian here. and egg vegetarian, but no eggs. Uh, he's, he's very minimal on eggs and very minimal on dairy. I think with dairy, even saying, eh, it'd be best. I if think you didn't, it's no dairy. dairy. I mean, it's eggs don't egg, have anything to do with dairy. I think it's fish and eggs. Okay. Uh, over well, pescatarian. No, it's, it's, he does other meat. He's big on, you know, grass fed, grass finished beef and whatever. So he's, he's on high, the highest end, the best you can get meat but that's that's what i would do but less yeah it's like a fourth of your meal at best maybe a fourth yes with and the way i would do it is i would have four days a week with none again a fasting approach to reducing that signal into a system where the cells have gotten off track now is that a prevention I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Like, should well, we all be vegetarian in order to not get cancer? No. Well, we don't need to go down this track, yeah. but it does. No, but it does speak to what you, again, taught me years ago on the aspect of we as a humanity, the greatest span of time, uh, cycled our food. And we did get a break from, I mean, you didn't e- shoot something. You <laughs> yeah. don't eat meat for a week or two weeks and you eat nothing but nuts. And then berries come in season and you gorge on berries, but then they're gone. And now we have the same stuff every single day. And that really spoke to me a long time ago. Yes. And so let's, let's look at other ancient cultures that would also eat a lot of the same things like ancient, you know, people in the Swiss Alps, they don't get bear or uh, apples or whatever. Um, but let's take the Eskimo who way back then had 80% Blubber. Blubber, yeah. yeah. All the time. But the animals that they're eating cycled, hmm. right? Like a seal swims. We were in California and those monk seals, I think they are, they swim way over a thousand miles away eating whatever's over there. And then they come back. Um, and, uh, and so what does the meat eat is the question. Yeah. Right. So uh, cows, they're, they're cycling their grass. They're, they, they, and they, you know, cows are picky. They like this grass and they eat that first and they go to the next grass and they go to the next grass and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But part of the problem is we, in our monocultures of dairy, gluten, corn, and soy, we're, we're losing that variety. Now we only have like six or seven brands of apples and oranges and we're losing the, there used to be hundreds of these heirloom. My understanding is they have so much more sugar than they used to and so much less other things, <laughs> healthy nutrients from the ground that's been raped uh, of the of the nutrients. Well, well, but I, but we left back, you know. So little. If you got that cancer diagnosis, my guess is that you would say, "Gosh, I would fast for seven days, three weeks, as long as you could." I mean, to start off with, and then also. hit a diet that's going to feed the cancer less by having just uh, fasting and prolonged fasting and signaling those signals. It's not about losing weight and and people think, oh my gosh, when you get cancer and my aunt had that and she got skin and bones and when the cachexia happens, like, right, that is a different thing. Once you're in the world of cancer diagnosis and you, you're now it's a, it's a different thing, but on the very front side, if there's an idea of, Hey, can I give my body what it needs to get on top of this or cure it or something like that? Um, I think fasting is. Okay. We, you just said that though. You said it at the beginning there. Cause we are, have all grown up watching the movie with the cancer patient or the, somebody who's you know infirm and near death and they're trying to get food into them. I mean, so I'm going to, what? Keep going, yeah. Well, it's just that we have that thing that we yeah. need to f- feed this Mom, illness. you need to eat. Yeah. I'm not hungry. You got a cold. You, you haven't eat. eaten. You haven't eaten since this morning, Bobby, and you got a cold. What can we, chicken, you know, and again, it's chicken soup, and you're going, no, don't feed him anything. I, I remember me, when I would drive to college, I had the good fortune of I would, it was an eight-hour drive, and right at three or four hours was my grandma's house. 
So, of course, you're sitting there doing nothing for eight hours. And I would stop at grandma's house. And what did she do? Feed you. Feed me. Meet you at the door with a pie. (laughs) And I told her one day, no, thank you. And she just, she could not accept it. You destroyed her. (laughs) And I left with food. I didn't eat it, but I was like, I will eat it later. But you've got, you, you need to eat. Yeah. Was the, just the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> you need to eat. You know, the, the overfed, I, I've seen it over the years. My dad used to own a health club and being in, you know, a- athletics and sports all my life and stuff. And, and the bodybuilders who always got me and talk about the height of over of growth. You were talking yeah. about growth of yeah. overfeeding, yeah. overfeeding. And I, there's so many of them that I know who, yeah, had the heart attack out of the blue or had some, I mean, there's not a whole lot of healthy older bodybuilders. And I say that everybody's going to think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's still seems to be, you know, doing well, uh, always exceptions, but by far and large, I always looked at them. You could see it in their face. They look just filled to the brim about to pop like a like a car if you take a car to the mechanic or, or if you have a mechanic over and you're filling the fluids to the top they'll go no 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 no. they all have a line do not go above that line okay with, the, keep going with that not, idea so this is an analogy that we use here's what we've done in america we wake up and we say you know i'm kind of hungry i'm going to drive my body over to the gas station I'm which of course you're not it's just your taste buds going "Ooh, i would like to taste something and uh-huh. your your or time your body saying i'd like the dopamine hit and i'd it, like the good feels of food or even you know what it's eight o'clock shouldn't we go make breakfast i mean that's just a phrase it's five o'clock shouldn't we be making dinner I, mean, I woke up this morning having not eaten for 36 hours and i really had no thought that i'm hungry I, I'm getting past that now that we're fasting all the time of, of, of literal hunger. Like, right. I, I mean, I'm spry, I feel great. Everything's good. I just would like the joy of eating, of putting that in my mouth, feeling it go down. I mean, I just want that joy. But Or some people don't, they like, it is breakfast time. Therefore, we eat breakfast. The, the construct of the, that. But it's the, again, the mental joy. Just the, the mental joy you, and the social did joy. Did you have, did you do devotions this morning? And yeah. did you have your coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> There's, right. So we're not saying anything's wrong with that. Uh, but culturally, we've gone too far. So we wake up in the morning, we drive our car to the gas, and we fill it up. And then we go on about our day and it's like, gosh, it's 12 o'clock. It is time to go to the gas station. Not because I'm hungry, not because of anything like that, but because I want to hang out with people and I'm going to go there. But the gas tank is not empty. But you go there and you you pay for a meal. You buy it. It is a meal. It is intended to fill you up, but you're not empty. But you shove it in there anyway. Yep. This is what happens. You're just like your mechanic said, you whatever you're trying to do, you cannot put more gas in your car. Once it starts spilling over and you're like, but but I've got more food on my plate and I can get more in there. So what people do is they roll their window down and now they're spraying gas on the inside of their car. Hmm. And you think, Ooh, and I'm like, yeah, the smell and it increases the flammability. Uh, it's toxic. Yes, it is. And when you do the overeating or you don't ever get unfed and by unfed, I mean, you know, hit 24, 36 hours on a regular basis, you are spraying the toxins of insulin and glucose all over your cells. You are. You, you can't say, oh, no, I'm not doing that. You, you are. So I want people to hear that. I, I want to be strong on that. And there will be a consequence. There cannot not be a consequence. It is impacting the body's ability to see it, stop it, see it, stop it. Let me just switch right over to smoking. You remember the joke I tell about Mr. Smith over here who says, I'm sorry, or I say, sir, I'm sorry you have lung cancer. And he's like, well, why? I'm like, well, smoking probably had a lot to do with it. And he's like, no, I've been smoking a pack a day for 40 years. Never once Never, had cancer. Yeah. Not one single time. Yeah. It can't have anything to do with that because I know my body and I can smoke and go jog a mile. It cannot be related to that. And I'm like, well, you can think that, but we know it is. Yeah. Now we're at that point. So what is the new smoking? It's not being unfed. Meaning it is being over-nutritioned, yeah. over-nutriented, not just over-fatted, over-carbed, over-fed. And not even, and under-nourished, meaning just don't, you need the nourishment of autophagy, of the clean-out. Instead of shoving that gas That's, on the inside of your car, you need yeah. to sluice it with water. That's called sleep and fasting. It, it almost makes me irritated that the first meal of the day is called 
breakfast, break fast, break fast. like you really fasted over the night. I mean, maybe this isn't correct and you'll, you'll correct me, <laughs> but when I go to sleep at night, I am going to fast from being awake. My body has mm-hmm. got to recharge just like all of our smartphones. At some point you have to plug that, plug that thing in. Uh, so I've got to go to sleep, but am I really fasting in theory? Wouldn't it be good to have my, let my digestion go to sleep as well, not be so active and wake up in the morning. Man, I, I've woken up plenty of mornings after a night of a lot of eating, feeling like, man, all that food is still there. Yeah. The most of it too. is still there, but I'm supposed to break my fast now and eat. And I think, now when do we ever let the digestion sleep for a little while? And it can't because it's always got food in it. That's what gets me is it how long it takes to get out to of get there. Empty. And then like you said, so now it's empty and my body's finally, now it can go do step one of, Taking out the trash, then it's going to take, and we need to do one just on. Yeah, we'll, talking about we'll fast, but it needs to do that. So, uh, well, again, so we're back to cancer. That that aspect of it has to be. Is that still fair? That to a degree, it has to be fed. Now, does that mean that you can fast and cure yourself of any cancer? Well, no. There's no sure thing to anything. But Doctor Randy James, knowing what you do, that's your I, first. I, your, your best wrong. cure is prevention. So, does increasing the amount of fasting help prevent yes will it cure nobody's going to save that but is there is there evidence now and are there studies going on in animal models of you know give the give the rat a cancer and now let's fast him and see what are there there? yes oh and i forgot her name uh so you know we've talked about peter atia and he interviewed somebody who's a phd you know, ivory tower kind of a person, Eileen Ellis, I think was her name. And the end point was, and they kind of chuckled and said, yeah, gosh, you know, isn't it funny that the, maybe the biggest thing we can do in the war on cancer is super cheap, super easy, and nobody's going to do it. Uh, Yeah. Well, and I've got this book, I'll hold it up for those who happen to watch the video, the cancer code by uh, Dr. Jason Fung, who also wrote the diabetes code and the obesity code. Mm-hmm. What's the thread there? Probably pretty similar. Uh, back to your over nutrienting ourselves. And we got diabetes, obesity, and cancer. And he is one that in this book, I mean, isn't he pretty much outspoken on, for the most part, we are growing this. Yeah. So that's where <clears throat> the new smoking is the state of being overfed. And the new, so the cancers where we've had success, like we've had success with lung cancer, not because we have great medicines and, and, and CT scans. It's because people quit smoking. We stopped smoking, yeah. That, that's, there is just no doubt about it. The other areas of success in cancer have been on helping match the right genetic code to the right, chemo, right chemotherapy. Um, that has helped with breast cancer. Uh, very interesting on breast cancer is... And I've got a friend who's a doctor. <clears throat> we were in the Air Force together, and she is overweight. And she had a one of those very early intraductal carcinomas, so it hasn't spread or anything like that, but it is officially breast cancer. Hmm. So now let me not use her as an example, but any woman who gets told, you have breast cancer, freak out. Like this is freak out mode. And But what we're seeing is that it doesn't need chemoradiation surgery. In fact... You can cure that kind if you stop feeding it and let the body, because it hasn't become entrenched yet. It hasn't gotten a hold yet. That's, you know, you can write books and books and books on what's the physiology of cancer. And one of the things it has to have a, you know, it has to have a beachhead. It has to get a place. It's it's really actually hard for cancer to exist in the body because the body is actually really very good at see it, stop it, see it, stop it, see it, stop it. It's, it's trillions of times a day. I I can't overemphasize that enough. Your body is actually doing this. So when that amount of stuff is happening and you have the amount of people that we have with the amount of lowering of the thresholds, we're seeing more cancer, but what's the big triggering? It's being overfed always in the anabolic state. So what are the new cancers? Like you mentioned at the beginning. So some cancer survival rates are going up. the, The ones that are related to chemo radiation surgery, But what are the ones where we're getting earlier, younger, and we're failing? Pancreatic, esophageal, organ cancers, Hmm. liver, kidney. So those aren't 
happy cancers to get, right? Like by the time you know you have pancreatic cancer, you're already far down the road and, you know, that's when they tell you to get your affairs in order and all that. Um, these are GI tract stuff, you know, overfed all the time. The body doesn't get to rest, like you say, on the digestion to clean things out. So the signals get crossed, the wires get crossed, the information gets crossed, then the cancer establishes a beachhead. And then the thing that kills is the metastasis, right? It, it spreads off and establishes another beachhead somewhere else. And then, you know, now you can, now you, now you're in cancer. Now you've got the really yeah. big thing. Do you know that, and I think breast cancer is the one where they did this, but we're, we're, when we're talking the reality of you have cancer all the time, this is cellular, molecular, very, very small. You can't really see cancer on the best MRI or, or whatever on, the, on, on a breast until there's, I think the number is 5 billion cells of cancer. Wow. So that's already gone wrong a lot, a lot, a lot of times. And for some woman who unfortunately gets a diagnosis at 39, it's been there since her likely 20s. So think about that. The guy smoking, it's like, man, you started working on this cancer in your 20s. And it took that long. Think about heart disease, another yeah. consequence of constant anabolism. Buildup, yeah. Buildup of a plaque on your artery or a stroke or Alzheimer's. You've been doing that since your teens. Or skin cancer. Yep, you got sunburn and again and again and again. You said again. you've been doing that. We say you've been feeding that, even though, again, you may have come into existence with a 50% fed ass, you know, that propensity, a genetic yep. thing, whatever. Genetic. Either way, it still has to be. Born it's, in it's, a bad environment, born yeah. in all these other things. Yep, it's related. But in the very big picture of things, the context of see it, stop it, see it, stop it, see it, stop it. And then along comes smoking, along comes pollution. Along comes fear, dread, anxiety, stress, no sleep, life. Food. Right. <laughs> so we're back to the main theme of of true life is you. You don't have a hundred percent control. Nobody has that. That's an illusion. You have a lot of influence, a lot of control, and and there you go. That's there the you point. go. Thank you for joining us on this journey to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. I trust you found hope in this show that your efforts to bolster your health and wellness go far deeper than just looking and feeling well, but are helping you actually delay and maybe avoid actual disease. Your life truly is your best medicine. If you appreciate this podcast and want to share it with others, please do and give us a rating on Spotify or leave us a rating and review an Apple podcast. You can subscribe on YouTube to watch the full episodes. And you can follow me on social media anywhere at kevinmiller.co, where we're putting a lot of clips these days, excerpts from the show that may give you value in and of themselves, may help you decide what show you actually want to go listen to in full. And if you want to learn how to master your own inner drive, get my book, What Drives You. You can find it on Amazon in any form. Until next time, stay driven. <laughs>